You ready for some word today? Praise God. If you have your Bible or your Bible apps on your phone, uh, go to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew 11. Did you come in faith today to hear? Come on, I trust you did. And if not, giddy up. It's not too late. I'm about to start. You can quick talk to the Lord about him speaking to you. Uh, Today's message is the fifth part of a series I call The Voice. All right, hearing from God in a noisy world. Lots of voices, lots of noise, lots of thoughts, lots of opinions. And it takes a a, a skilled and trained ear to hear God in the middle of it. All right, if you can hear from God, you're laughing. I mean, if you, could, if you could master one skill in life, you know, some of you are good at various things, but if you could master this, I know how to hear from God. I tell you, you are way ahead of the vast majority of people. And when the one you can hear from knows everything, there's that. And so what a, what a benefit in life. And so if you come in, when you come to church, this is one of the places you can hear from God, but we always do everything with him in faith. So you ask him, you say, and you tell him. Say, Lord, I'm trusting you today to speak to me. I'm coming to meet with you and I am gonna hear your voice. I am gonna know things I didn't know before or I'll be reminded of things I lost track of or I'll be refocused based on what you say. Say it out loud with me. Say, God is is speaking to me me today. today. Yeah. And so like I said, the voice of God can be learned just like natural voices. And one can be more or less skilled and learn how to hone in on his voice. Uh, Of course, this is the voice of his word. And it's the judge. It's the benchmark. It's uh, if you learn to hear his voice, the voice of God's word, it'll discern right and wrong, spirit and soul. It'll divide what's you, what's God. And uh, that is of great, great value. Jesus made a statement. And I want to read, uh, want you to look at this with me in Matthew 11. And uh, we're just going to take one verse out of here, out of totally out of context. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, that way you can understand the principle. <laughs> Amen. If you didn't think, if that, yeah, all right. Uh, Matthew 11 and verse 15, Matthew eleven fifteen, Jesus said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Let him hear. Now, now, why do I take that out of context? Well, because it's a principle that stands on its own and it's in multiple contexts. If you've studied the Bible very much, you recognize that phrase and say, I think he used that more than once. And it, he did, he would bring a, particular teaching and, and explain something about the kingdom of God, and then he would follow it up with, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Okay. In other words, not everybody who was hearing was hearing. Not everybody had an ear to hear, otherwise he wouldn't say, he who has an ear to hear, let him hear. It's possible for someone to have physical ears and to be able to receive audible sounds to their brain, but not actually get it, not actually hear with their heart, not actually have an understanding heart. And that's really what he's talking about. Uh, if you hear, they all heard the sound of his voice, but did they really hear it? Okay. And th- that would be true in our service here today as well. Uh, you may hear the sound of my voice, but you, are you getting it? Do you hear it? 
Do you hear what we're saying? Are you understanding? Are you grasping the spiritual nature and potency of what is being said? But again, here, apparently not everybody who hears, hears. And you know, even the physical ear, uh, of course, can be trained to hear different sounds, right? You can tune things out, tune other things in. How many know someone, maybe someone who lives with you and they've tuned your voice out? <laughs> Sorry to bring that up. Uh, <laughs> there might be something else going on. That <laughs> Did I just cause marital disruption <laughs> right in the middle of our service? Uh, <laughs> but we can, we, can all do, we can all do this. Uh, you know, even certain pitches. They say, uh, you know, certain sounds like frequencies that are really high. Um, like kids and young people will hear them and... When you get a certain age, you don't hear that anymore, typically. You know what I'm talking about? How many can hear it right now? See? <laughs> I don't hear it either. Uh, uh, but we can be trained to do this. My son will tell me sometimes he will listen uh, to our live stream services. And, uh, and not just my preaching, but the worship and everything, being a musician. But he'll tell me which musicians were playing the wrong notes. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, really? I was like, I didn't hear that. I didn't, I didn't know that. He said, yeah. Uh, see, many of us, we, we just hear the, the whole music, the voices, the instruments as one unit for the most part. It's like one sound. He has trained himself to hear everything individually. He can say, the guitar player, this electric guitar player's doing this, the bass player's doing this, the keyboard player's doing this. This one was right, but the rhythm was wrong. This, <laughs> he'd be able to hear all that. Why? He's trained himself to hear that. You have to intentionally go there to listen for these various things, right? Now, what, what if we did that with spiritual matters? What if we did that with the Spirit of God? Could we also learn to say, oh yeah, this is what the Lord is saying. That was just... Uh, you know, that person's opinion, but that right there, that was so God. God was all over that. That was his voice. And, and I believe all of us can do that if we'll uh, pay attention. We can. And if, it's, if this is important to, to you, you will pay attention. If you don't really, if this doesn't really matter to you, say, well, I'm smart. I mean, I have a degree. I went to school. I already know enough. Well, then this won't matter to you and you'll never be able to pick out God's voice. But you'll be proud because you're smart. <laughs> but you won't be humble and you won't receive from him. Listen, listen, listen to these verses. Uh, Proverbs 4.20. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Now, how many know that's different than just, you know, pay it, you know, just listen physically to my words. He said, give attention to them incline your ear to my sayings. That's a whole nother level of having a conversation or communication. Uh, 1 Corinthians 2.14, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. All right, this is why most people don't just, oops, stumble upon this and all of a sudden they have this great relationship with God and they hear his voice every day. It's because they're spiritually discerned. We know how to naturally, physically discern things. You know, people do that with their tongue. I can eat this food and say, oh, there's garlic in there or there's 
lemon <laughs> in there or, or whatever. And people do that in the physical world. You can do this spiritually, be spiritually discerned, and then you can understand kingdom realities. Uh, Hebrews 5.11 reads, of whom we have much to say and hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. Okay, again, he's not talking about that you need to turn up your hearing aid. <laughs> your physical, you become dull of hearing. No, talking about spiritual perception and someone can become. That's interesting language. You used to be sharp and now you're dull. At one point, your relationship with God, your spiritual life was in a place where you could understand these amazing things, but you have become dull. You've been, how would you do that? You listen to so many other things and stop listening to God, you'll become in tune to them. Once you're in tune with the world, the things of God don't, don't sound so appealing. If you're in tune with the world, you need worldly stuff to get your excitement up to feel good about your life. Everybody okay? But when you, when you make the Lord your source, when you make him the very food that you eat, you know, Jesus said, my food, food is to do the will of him who sent me. When you make him that, then you will need God's words and his presence and his work in your life to feel satisfied with your life. Man, you... You do not want to. We do, we do not want to get to the place where we are okay without church, without the word, without worship, without, where, uh, hey, I'm fine without that. My life's going okay. Man, it stinks to be you. Because if you're okay without God, you'll do without him. Yikes. And that'll eventually cost us. It really will. Amen. I didn't plan on saying any of that. So, you know, if that's you, raise your hand. Well, you don't have to raise your hand. <laughs> uh, amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so people have become dull of hearing. Amen. Now, early in the series, in fact, the first part of this teaching, I was uh, posing some questions. And I want to repose some of those again. And some of them I've already answered in as we've gone uh, but I said, I said, does God speak to everyone? Does he speak to everyone? Well, you know, I mean, Jesus said one place, I think John 11-ish, somewhere around there, he said, if I be lifted up from the earth, I'll draw all men to me. That's talking about Jesus on the cross. He said, if they crucify me, I'll draw everyone to myself. Well, that says God's spoken to everyone. We know this, We've, we looked at this in particular, that when... Uh, when so, anyone who has been saved, if you have received Jesus as your Savior, we know for a fact that you've heard God's voice. We read, the, we read those passages. That was God speaking to you, okay? Uh, I had other questions. Does he say the same things to everyone? Does God say the same things to everyone? Well, concerning salvation, I would say yes. Concerning other elements, No. It's not just one universal, one-size-fits-all message to every person. Some things are going to be the same for everyone, and others will be tailor-made to our lives, where we are, our calling, our, our, our position, what he wants us to do. And so it's very unique to you what he will say. Can I get him to talk to me more? 
some of you are not very responsive to this right now. So I don't want to get it wrong. Uh, Well, yes, you can do things to get him to talk to you more. If it were all up to him, we wouldn't even have this discussion. We wouldn't be teaching. I would say, because no matter what you do, God's going to talk to you or not going to talk to you. You don't have anything to do with it, so let's move on to another subject. But you do have something to do with it. You can, with proper response and so forth, get him to talk to you more. Last week's message covered that pretty, pretty sufficiently. Okay. Uh, who determines the content of the communication? Is it, again, is it all God or is it us? And I would say it's, it's both. It is God deciding at times what to say, what not to say. It is us determining what he's going to say by how we've dealt with what he previously said. So we can have an impact on the content of what he wants to say. Does God ever go silent, if you will? Will he ever stop talking to people? Well, I have no indication from scripture that he's just always 100% of the time center of the time talking to everybody about something new and 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 no that is also then connected to um what i'm doing with what he's saying i mean why keep talking if someone never does anything with what you say i think the lord is very gracious and gives us time and space and you know he's long suffering and 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 he'll talk to us again and again but eventually if we just don't want anything to do with what he has to say. Again, I asked the question, why would he keep talking to us? So if you say, well, I think the Lord might be silent towards me. Well, what did he talk to you about previously? What, did, what have you been ignoring and how long have you been ignoring it? You might be able to fire this relationship back up. And he's gracious, he's merciful, forgiving. Yeah. Uh, there's an illustration that I've used, I know other people have used it as well, and I wanna readdress it lest it be misunderstood. The illustration kind of goes like this, that hearing from God is kind of like tuning in a station on the radio. The idea is this, he, God is the radio station and he's broadcasting, and if we will just tune in the right frequency on our receiver, then we will hear from God. Okay, I believe there's truth to that, but it could also be misunderstood. Many times, no doubt, we've been on the wrong frequency. So I'm not hearing from God because you're on the wrong station, dude. You've been listening to the wrong thing. You need to dial over and, and you know, find the God channel and stay on it, then you'll hear from him. However, um, this could leave some wrong implications. I mean, I mean, does the Lord always have something to say? Yes. He's never out of words. He's not, you know, so introverted. He doesn't have anything to say. Uh, But is he he always telling us what we want to know? No, not necessarily. It's not necessarily correct to say, well, as long as you're tuned in, you're automatically going to hear from God 24-7, and you know by the end of the week, you're pretty much going to know everything he knows, because you're on the right station. No, uh, that, that's, not, that's not correct. If I haven't heard from God, is it 
because I'm not tuned into his voice? Maybe. It very well could be, but it's not automatically the case that it's just all on me that something has not been communicated, all right? If I have an ear to hear, if, if I have an ear to hear, I'm going to most certainly hear more from him, but that doesn't guarantee that I'm gonna hear everything I wanna know at all times today. Everybody okay? Here's what I want you to consider, that this is not completely mechanical. It's relational in nature. God is not just on autoplay and at the station. Are we still broadcasting? Yep, we're broadcasting. Okay, good, let's go do something else. Everyone can hear me now. No, he's a person who wants to talk to you as his the Father speaks to you by the Spirit as his child. Okay? Listen to this. Acts 1, 7. And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. So the disciples are asking Jesus about some things they wanted to know about the kingdom of Israel being restored and all this. And they're saying, and they're talking to him face to face. This is after the resurrection before Pentecost. Okay? After the resurrection, Lord, is this the time? Tell us when these things are gonna happen. Nope. <laughs> Not for you to know that right now. And then the very next verse, he went on to say, you know, but you, will, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You'll be my witnesses. Uh, you ever notice that that can be true with, with God? One is sometimes we wanna know something and it's his prerogative and he chooses not to tell us. He can do that. Two, it might be, one of the reasons might be because he wants us to focus on something else. We're, we're so zeroed in on, I've got to know the answer to this. This is what I need to know. Lord, talk to me about, about this. And he said, that doesn't even matter right now. You need to think about this. And sometimes we miss out on God's amazing revelation, his plan, his plan unfolding for our lives because we're on the wrong subject. And we're just digging in our heels. But this is what I need to know. This, I need to know times and seasons about this. No, you don't. J Jesus, uh, Jesus taught in various ways, okay? Sometimes he would teach in a one-on-one -on -one or one-on-12, you know, kind of setting. There would be Q&A. Uh, there would be some things he taught publicly that the disciples would ask questions about and, the, and then he would explain and they would learn and they would grow. I think that's also true today that there needs to be in our spiritual growth, development and understanding, there needs to be interaction. There are times where we just need to talk to someone because we have questions. That's why we have life groups. That's why we have relationships with one another. That's part of the growth process. It is the Q&A, it's ask questions and get answers. But Jesus didn't only, and he didn't always minister that way. Many times he was speaking and he chose the subject. He didn't say, so what do you guys wanna hear about today? In fact, one time in, in John 3, Nicodemus came to him by night, asking, talking to him, we know you come from God, no one can do the miracles that you do except he come from God. And Jesus just kind of interrupted him, it seems like. Just out of the blue, Jesus changed the subject. He said, man, 
you've got to be born again. Now, if, if you were there, you might step back and Nicodemus might think, Lord, I wasn't even really asking about this born again thing, whatever you mean by that. I, but the Lord could have replied, I know, but that's what you should have asked. Or that's the subject you're supposed to be on. And sometimes he'll do that with us. We think, I need to know this. He says, no, you need to know this. So let's not be so uh, uh, legalistic and think, I'm gonna ask and that's the only thing I'm gonna hear is the direct answer to my question that I'm posing right now. That's the only thing I can hear. And we're shutting off everything else the Lord may wanna say that we probably need more than what we're so focused on. One of the benefits to coming to church and coming to a setting like this is you have to come in faith, faith in God, that he will give to or through someone like myself a word that will be relevant and necessary for your life and your spiritual development. Because I'm not taking questions today. <laughs> and I like questions. I like that kind of teaching. I like that kind of interaction. But in this setting, what happens is you have to come in faith, believing that God will speak. And here's the good thing. If you'll respect it and never say, oh, I've heard that before or I was wanting this subject or something like that. If you'll respect it, you'll find that God will talk to you specifically about things that are totally necessary for your life right here, right now. But we don't want to fall into the trap where I'm only hearing this. This is all I want to talk about. No, God knows what you need to know. Amen. Just like a few minutes ago, I got off on that little rabbit trail and I started saying some things. I never processed that before, never premeditated it. Just all of a sudden I'm speaking and I, can, I knew right in the moment, God is dealing with some, with some people about this particular thing and if they'll heed that, their life will go up. If they'll ignore it, they'll keep going down. Isn't that cool? I like the way the Lord does this. Amen. There's, there's a little bit of excitement in me always to, to minister because I think, Anything can happen. Because, I mean, he doesn't force us, but I'm gonna yield to it. If he gives me some bizarre word, <laughs> I don't care how strange it sounds to my mind, I'm just gonna say it. He's given me some strange words of knowledge in different times, like, ah, that's a weird one. I don't know if I wanna say that, but then it, right up the alley, nails someone you know, to the wall and they get helped. Praise God. So Jesus said about this, he said, it's not for you to know that right now. Uh, here's another scripture, Deuteronomy 29, 29. It reads, the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever that we may do all the words of this law. So I want you to notice that God has secret things. What does that mean? That means you don't know them. <laughs> that means I don't know them. And who do they belong to? He said, just, well, they don't belong to us. He said, the secret things, they belong to the Lord. However, there's a bunch of revealed stuff that belongs to you. So in short, we pursue the things that are revealed. If they're unrevealed, well, it's God's prerogative. If I'm focusing on what he has revealed, made known through his word and so forth, then I'm in a position to hear anything else he wants to say. But it also tells me there may be some parts of life, some parts of other people's business especially, 
that he never wants to talk to me about. And that's just between them and the Lord. Amen. If you want to hear more about that, I did a series uh, a while back called Why? Why? With a question mark. Why? And this was the foundation of that, uh, of that message. And, oh, it's good. You should listen to it. <laughs> but there are many things that are revealed to many people. Again, it's relational, not just mechanical. And he does decide at times things he will say things he won't say, things he will reveal and won't reveal. If I've been seeking God for a long time and I'm just not getting answers, possible question is, Lord, is there something else you'd like to talk about? This, you know, this conversation really isn't going very well. You're not saying much about this. Is there something else I should be seeking, I should be talking to you about? And then watch things open up. And that's, of course, worship when you prioritize what he wants anyway. Amen? Now, if you would, turn over to another place. Uh, the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 42. I want to ask the question for all of us. Why haven't I heard from God? Okay, on a particular subject is what I'm referring to. If you haven't, why haven't you? Well, in the Old Testament, they would go to prophets to get their answers from God. Not every believer had the spirit. They couldn't all hear the voice of God, but he anointed certain individuals as prophets. And if they needed direction from God, they had to go find a prophet to tell them what God was saying. Right? We don't have to do that now. Prophets still are here, but we don't, we're not dependent on them to find out what God is saying. Um, uh, Jeremiah 42, so they came to him, and in verse 4, Then Jeremiah the prophet said to them, I have heard, indeed, I will pray to the Lord your God according to your words, and, and, and it shall be that whatever the Lord answers you, I will declare it to you. I will keep nothing back from you. So that's good positive statement. I'm going to go seek God for you. And whatever he tells me, I will tell you. And he was gifted to do this. This was his purpose for being on planet earth is Jeremiah was to be a mouthpiece for God. He was to hear God's voice and deliver that message to Israel. Yeah. And so if you skip down with me then to verse seven, it reads, and it happened after 10 days that the word of the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah say, well, that's good, right? Well, yes, it is, but it's the 10 days that bugs me. Does the 10 days ever bug you? I mean, this guy knows what he's doing. He's anointed by the Spirit to hear from God, and they have a legitimate question. They're not just being self-seeking. They're not just trying to impose their own will upon the Father. They said, we want to know what he's saying to us. And the prophet goes and prays and seeks God and after 10 days, the word of the Lord came to him. That makes me wonder, what if Jeremiah would have stopped on day five? Went back to them and said, well, the Lord didn't say anything. You guys are on your own. Well, did you ask him? Yes, I prayed. Well, how long? For five days. That's a whole work week. <laughs> I prayed for five days and nothing 
Well, I guess we'll just try to guess and make a, flip a coin, make our decision without revelation from God then. Why 10 days? I don't know. But it seems to me that Jeremiah probably prayed until he sought the word of the Lord until the word of the Lord came. Could God have given it to him on day one in the first five minutes? I would say yes, he could have. Why didn't he? I don't know. But I do know this, that so many times we want an answer from God and we're only willing to give him five minutes. And if we sought the Lord and prayed and we spent time, you know, for whatever we determined was the window that God had to move in, if we didn't get it, we went on without it and made our own decision. Well, the Lord didn't tell me not to do it. Really, is that your way of making decisions? I'm gonna go unless the Lord tells me not to. I can tell you a thousand things he never, he told me, he didn't never, he never said not to do. He never told me not to eat poison. <laughs> he never told me to jump off a bridge, not to jump off the bridge. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we don't make decisions based on what he didn't say. We make decisions based on what he does say. Yeah. But sometimes we're too impatient to wait 10 days. I'm not saying it has to take 10 days. I'm not saying on 10 day 10 is the final day. I'm just saying that's what happened to Jeremiah. So could he delay in telling us something we want to know? He could. It could be that we haven't really sought him. We haven't taken time to quiet our mind and listen to his voice. But again, there might just be other factors that he hasn't told you yet. So here's, here's kind of what I'm saying. When people are saying, how come I haven't heard from God? Well, maybe you haven't done anything wrong. Maybe he just hasn't told you yet. So I've been praying. I've been, you know, the best I know how. I've been seeking God and I just can't seem to get direction from him and I haven't heard his voice. And maybe he hasn't told you yet. Don't beat yourself up. Maybe you're not doing anything wrong. Maybe you just continue on doing what you're doing. Continue to seek God. And if he speaks to you, great. Then you'll have new direction. You'll know what to do. Amen. If I were to put this in a one, two, three, answering the question, why haven't I heard from God? I'd say it this way. Number one, he hasn't said anything yet. That's a very real possibility with any of us that he just hasn't said anything to us at this point. Number two, I've been too distracted. Why haven't I heard from God? Well, it might be that it's not an issue of him withholding a word from me, but I've been so distracted. I've been so convoluted in my mind of listening and, and, and to everything around me except for him. Amen. And we all do this sometimes. We're in such a hurry. We're so busy. We're so busy jumping from one thing to another, from electronics here to busyness over here to talking to other people. Uh, and it's not all evil. It's not all bad. It's just busy and we don't hear his voice. Sometimes it happens even at church. People are just too in a hurry. You don't have to raise your hand, but how many have checked your time if few times already. 
he's got to be getting about done now. All right, this is, I know how this works here. This is almost, in, oh, <laughs> you're probably right. Or maybe I'll just keep going. <laughs> but but here, here's the problem. Even when it comes to spiritual things, which are eternal, which matter more than everything else, we get too in a hurry. And we put God on our time schedule. And I've got to hear from God. I've got to hear from you now. I've got 10 minutes. 10 minutes. And then I've got an appointment. So Lord... Nine minutes. <laughs> Lord, nine minutes. And hold on, I'm getting a message here. Might be my next appointment. Okay, you got 11 now. They're a minute late. <laughs> uh, whatever. But you, we can't do that because God's voice is spiritually discerned. It doesn't work the way natural voices do. Well, I'll just call them up and get an answer right now. Well, you can call up the Lord and you might get an answer right now. I've had that happen. Many times I've prayed and within seconds, I know what to do. Seconds, literally sometimes it's like, that was so awesome. And other times I don't. His voice is spiritual. It's one of the reasons we have you know, believers meetings on Wednesday nights and we, we allow time, open-ended time. For God to speak and move and do what he wants to do. The average Christian, they are so stinking carnal. They don't, they don't, they're too distracted. They don't have time for that. Hallelujah. I'm running out of time. He hasn't said anything yet. I've been too distracted. I've been fleshly minded. This is one reason I haven't heard from God at times. I'm, I've been too fleshly Minded. God is not a mind. We don't hear his voice by trying real hard. We're not going to listen. Quick, everybody hear from God. Wait, you hear that? Oh, no, that was someone else. You know, he's not a mind. It's interesting in hearing from God how many times when he does speak, how it's like... Uh, it's obvious, and it's not mental. It's almost hard to put in words, but it's almost like the, you know, the illustration of, I'm trying to hear from God, I'm trying to hear from God. Lord, what are you saying to me? I just can't seem to see anything. I can't seem to recognize what you're doing. And we're trying real hard to look, see where he is. And when we finally do, it's like, oh, well, that's been there the whole time. His voice is spiritually discerned. I was thinking about that movie from years ago, back in the 90s, The Matrix. I don't know if any of you saw that, saw that movie, but the whole world is like a, like a virtual reality, and they're, they're all plugged into this computer thing, and, and so nothing is really real like they think it is. And in one of these, one of these scenes, the one person who was experienced was teaching the newbie about the matrix and how things work. They were in a, in a fighting simulation. So they're in there fighting. And he says to him, he, he says to him, stop trying to hit me and hit me. And he's like, he's trying to grasp this new dimension, how it's not, he said, you, you know, he's like, you think that's air you're breathing? Because they're in a virtual environment. And he's trying to get them to grasp something that's disconnected from normal. 
normal physical reality. And I think in the, in the spirit of God, these things are very similar in the sense of we get too mental and we're trying, we're, we're expending a lot of effort to try to hear the voice of God. Here's how it's done. It's by faith and being still, inwardly still. Judging by the word, but we get to a place where we're at rest. And when we're at rest, there he is. We're undistracted by things around us. We're not so fleshly minded and trying to hear with strenuous human effort. Some of these things are better caught than taught. And the only way to really convey it is to get you to do it and have your own explanation, your own story. We had a fun time on Wednesday. God moved tremendously. And our, some of our Bible college students were giving testimonies. And I watched a couple of them. And it's like they were having a difficult time saying what they were experiencing. They had a difficult time. It was like I could see something was very real to them. One of them said, it's just like everything's okay. It wasn't deep, but powerful. It was powerful. Another one said, it was like liquid. What is that? (laughs) But I tell you, when they said it, it was like, oh yeah. The Spirit of God was all over it. Spiritual things are that way. I walked into a prayer room this morning with our first service, pre-service prayer. I walked into the room. It was like I stepped into a cloud. God didn't see it. I told him, you guys don't realize what's happened over the last half hour while you guys have been praying here. The glory of God is manifesting in here. And I walked into it from an unanointed hallway. (laughs) And seriously, I'm just like, (sighs) this is nice, this is good. God's in here. Amen. Jesus, let me finish with this. Before Jesus was crucified, he went to the Garden of Gethsemane and he prayed for those hours. Not my will, but yours be done. Committing himself to the plan and purpose of God. He had his disciples stay a ways back. He said, you guys stay over here. I'm gonna be praying. Sometimes you wanna pray alone, right? Uh, you guys go over here. And then he'd pray for an hour. He'd go back and what would happen? He would find them sleeping. And what was his exhortation or correction to them? He said, couldn't you guys, couldn't you tarry with me? Couldn't you watch for one hour? Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. Couldn't you do this for just an hour? I don't want to be overly dogmatic about this, coming up with a, a new rule or law. But I think by experience, and I think there's something about spending an hour with God. I think there's great value in a believer setting aside an hour. Don't get overly legalistic with that, but spending an hour with the Lord in prayer will do things for you that nothing else will. It will do things for your spiritual life, which will translate into your marriage, your finances, and everything else. It will do things for your spiritual life that nothing else will do. And I know this is a... This is one of those subjects that when I, when I talk about praying for an hour, I want to be practical enough where you have something to do. But honestly, I hesitate to challenge people to do too much because I don't want 90% of you to do nothing with it. 
And nevertheless, I'm just going to put this one out there. If you don't ever spend an hour with the Lord, spend an hour with him. Not just once in a great while, not once in every blue moon. Spend an hour with him repeatedly. Yeah, watch what happens when the chaos and the noise gets silent. Sometimes it takes a while for us. Now, it doesn't take a long time for God. It doesn't take God 10 days. It doesn't take God an hour. Sometimes it takes us a little bit to get still, to get quiet, to be spiritual. And I tell you, there is a lot of value when someone will just say, I'm going to take the next hour. I'm going to not watch that show I was going to watch. That was an hour. And you had to mute the commercials because they were so ungodly. Right? All they made is you was sin conscious and disease conscious. <laughs> anyway. And spend an hour with the Lord. An hour with him. And your mind will fight you. You'll say, that's been at least an hour. Ah, five minutes. <laughs> But when you get out of your own self, out of your own strenuous effort and trying to be spiritual, trying to hear from God, you'll relax and inwardly you'll be connected to him. And you'll say, there you are. In that place, you can hear anything he wants you to hear. And doing that repeatedly over time, an hour here, an hour there, get an opportunity to spend an hour with the Lord, you'll find your spiritual sensitivity and consciousness of God will go up. The things of this world, that, that vo those voices will grow quieter. You'll be skilled. Amen. There's tremendous value in this. So, what are you going to do with that? <laughs> you going to do anything with that? You don't even necessarily need to tell me, but uh, tell the Lord. Let me say this in a, in a real a blunt way. Tell the Lord whether you're going to just ignore that encouragement or whether you're going to do something with it. What'd you tell him? <laughs> Amen. Say, this is challenging church. Man, I might have to grow up if I come here. I might, I might have to really walk with God. Yeah, and you'll be glad that you did. Praise God. Let's pray today. Father, thank you for working in us working in each of our hearts today. You're so good to us.